everyone. Welcome to episode 21 of the Lead Volunteers Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I am the host of this podcast alongside Josh Denhart. And if you were here with us last week, you joined us as we had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Michaela White, the executive director of the International Network of Children's Ministry. And unfortunately, you weren't able to join us in the family room. We recorded this in sitting crisscross applesauce surrounded by nursery toys, but we are so glad and thankful that you were able to listen in to this conversation. We had so much fun with Michaela that we couldn't squeeze everything we wanted to talk about into one episode, and so we hit pause and recorded another, which is what you will be hearing today. If you haven't listened to our first conversation from last week, be sure to check that out. I promise you don't want to miss it. Michaela has so much wisdom when it comes to leading volunteers well in every area of ministry, and today we get to look at how leading volunteers well on a large scale requires pouring into to them on the small scale. And you can see what I mean during this conversation between Josh Denhart and Michaela White. So enjoy today's podcast. Hey, everybody. Super excited. We're ready for round two with my dear friend. You want to introduce yourself again? Michaela White. Michaela White. And uh, if you have not listened to the first episode, definitely go back and check that, that one out. Like literally, we, I was having so much fun. I was like, Hey, we're trying to keep the episodes to a certain length. We've passed that. What do you say we just do her again? I love it. Right? Yes. Now, if you haven't listened to the first one, we are we're at a conference mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and we just kind of pulled aside. We went into this this family room of this place and one of your dear sisters is here. You want to introduce her from afar? Mahogany Finley. Yes. She's our training manager at yes, INCM. Yes, yes, And so you and I met a long time ago through, as you and I were on a, I think, it, help me out, it was like a breakout session advisory yeah. team. And you and I were just peeps on the team. We got to know each other through Zoom. And then she's on staff with you guys yes, now. Yes, she okay, is. Okay, so she's here with us too. Uh, it's such a cool story too. Oh, uh, her story? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe that'll be episode three. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are at this place, and I was like, man, where are we going to do this podcast? There's, you know, 1,300 children's pastors mm-hmm. at this conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in Dallas, and all of a sudden we found this little space, and you and I are literally. This is about as adorable as it could be. We're sitting on the floor. It's the very best. I don't <laughs> know if any other experience will compare to this. Crisscross applesauce with a bunch of nursery toys around, and it's actually well lit. I mean, this is. But I don't mean well lit. I mean it's calmingly yeah. lit. Yeah. Right. So this church did a good job with the family. They nailed it. They nailed it. Okay. So we are going to jump in, and I have seen and observed from you something special that you're like we have these themes that kind of run in our life for a mm-hmm. while and I see a theme that's running in your life that you are exploring how are we well I want to put words in your mouth what I'm what I'm observing is you're speaking to how are we representing God mm-hmm. how are we reflecting the character of God by the way that we operate mm-hmm. and so what I want to have you speak to if you can is how how are we as people in ministry the way that we are handling God, or excuse mm. me, the way that we are handling our volunteers, mm-hmm. how is that either appropriately representing mm. who mm-hmm. the Father is mm-hmm. and who God is, and how are we really misrepresenting God? Yeah. So let's start with the positive. Yeah. So first of all, maybe kind of unpack just like this theme that I'm seeing in your life. I think you're going to be able to speak to it better than I was able to try to tee it up because <laughs> it's the theme that I'm observing from afar. I yeah. don't have words for it. Yeah. I'm observing what's happening in you mm. and what you're, the way that you're speaking and communicating. Do you know where I'm going with this theme of I your th- life? Yeah, I think so. I, I would say first, everyone who encounters you is going to experience the overflow of what's happening in your inner man, like in your heart, mind, and soul. It's an impossibility to... 
That's it. Yeah. Okay. So there, there, you can you can attempt to put on, or mm-hmm. or cover that up, but it doesn't last very long, and typically everyone else sees it before you do. In other words, the scam, you're you're duped by your own scam a Absolutely. lot longer than other people are Absolutely. duped by. Absolutely, and so. One of the things that I've been really burdened about is like this this picture of discipleship, you know, in the time of Jesus when disciples would be following a rabbi. Getting the, the dust of the master. Yeah, absolutely. It was how does he how does he talk? How does he eat? How does he sleep? How does he walk? How does he interact with people? Like you It was one hundred percent up close proximity observation for the purpose of replication amen so that that rabbi's ways and teachings would be perpetuated into another generation again for our listeners you come from a glorious legacy of a true hebrew culture Mm -hmm. and so like the weight with which you share these things has far more gravitas Mm -hmm. for me keep going so so if if that's true if if being a disciple means that my responsibility is to replicate the rabbi and perpetuate his teachings for another generation then that changes the way that I follow after Jesus so I have to be intent in how I sit with his teaching the ways that I observe his interactions with people the ways that I look at his character and his responses and then internalize that for replication and perpetuation. And so you got to be close. Yeah. His practices need to be my practices. His ways need to be my ways. And, um, and so, so that changes the way I engage with scripture and the way that I listen for him and prayer and, and so that being the case, if my role uh, is, it, I think it's First Corinthians talks about our roles being um, messengers of reconciliation. Yes. And ambassadors. Ambassadors. And that word. A representative. Yes, representative. So and also fully authorized, like. Good word. Going with power. Never thought of it that way. Yeah, like fully authorized to give that message. So. Speaking on behalf of the mother country. That's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good word. And also wherever I go, the kingdom goes. Amen to that. So that changes the way you show up in a room. It should change the way you show up in a room. And it should cause us to be extraordinarily humble. Absolutely. So so that like those things being in the back of my mind, understanding my role. Um, John Mark Comer talks about um, our roles being to make the invisible God visible. Mm-hmm. And and that was the purpose of the nation of Israel exactly. from the beginning, was to to represent Creator God. And that's why to the they nations. were they were they were called to be a unique people, people. group. Mm-hmm. And and so that's that's my responsibility today is to represent Creator God to the nations, and um, to walk in the way of my Rabbi, and to make the invisible God visible to the people that I'm around. So it starts in my home. Yeah. That's where, and that's where it needs to start in my life, in my home and flowing out into the people that I encounter. So, so the funny thing is my mind is, is automatically struck back to, but you have to understand I am, I am grafted in Mm -hmm. to this beautiful root. You are, you are the original, you're the original root. And so the upbringing that you have has way more depth than me just 
reading mm. the Shema. Is that mm-hmm. how you say it? Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, Deuteronomy 6. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So that when you said it starts in my home, that has way more context yeah. for you. Come, having grown up in a Jewish believing home. Yeah. See, I, I, I read that and I think, but I, I, see so, I see so much more depth in life when you say that. And it's almost impossible yeah. for me to really feel the fullness of that not being you or not having grown up with the legacy that you have. Am I right or am I wrong? Is that a big deal in a Hebrew culture? Huge deal. And, and honestly, um, like I love that you brought up the Shema because my perspective of that growing up is it's hero Israel, not here individual families within Israel. Unpack that. Okay. Again, this this is now. Uh, is is it cool to say that I'm a Gentile believer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so I don't come from this. I don't come from this extraordinary legacy. I read Hebrews. I study the Bible so that I can have my lens far yeah. widened. But I need to hang out with more people like you. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so when I read the Shema and and it's the Lord looking at this nation saying the nation yeah, not an individual the nation unpack that the nation uh, the entire community of Israel and here's the thing like God's strategies are always going to be perfect if He was talking to an individual family then you would be excluding single people you would be excluding teenagers you would be excluding the elderly you would be excluding those who are empty nesters from so it's not just a call. nuclear family it's the community, the community family the community and family. that's funny because often you talk when we talk about the the, the children's pastors conference mm-hmm. and that you lead mm-hmm. right we didn't kind of open mm-hmm. this up that you're the executive director of that you talk about the community because because mm-hmm. god's strategy is always going to be perfect and intergenerational discipleship happens when the community of faith takes ownership of one another as a family. So here's the funny thing. I actually think that big picture Western Christianity, even resource providers have totally extracted this and they're trying to make a program out of quote family ministry. What I'm hearing from, by the way, no shame to them. No shame. But what I'm hearing from you is it's a way, it's not family, it's the community the, the whole now yes, does, does, the, does the hebrew language or the hebrew context have a bigger word for the community um it, it's nation nation yeah i mean and that's what you see nation used throughout scripture and even in hebrews yeah a holy people a nation a, a, a collection yeah. of and, people. and and you have to remember when the people of god are um and especially in the old testament you'll see a lot of reference to this idea of nation and kingdom and john the baptist the kingdom of god is 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 here here. it's the rule and reign Hmm. of creator god and knowing that what was broken in eden will be restored amen and we are a part of that. So there's a now and not yet to the, the kingdom shalom, of God. The, yeah. The, the, the deep, Absolutely. The deep, 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 deep yeah. peace. So there's the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. Love it. And, and we are children of God. We are a family. <laughs> yeah. And so so when we start to take ownership of one another, like for, for example, Mary, like we kind of joke about how Mary lost Jesus but she, you know oh, you know it was the community that lost him right absolutely okay, so, so you're so talking it's, context yeah, he was 12 years old yeah, coming it's, back that's weird it's not weird that it was a couple of days before they recognized something's up because, because this was the community yeah yeah he was someone had him someone had him someone was taking ownership of him so all of a sudden like i've never heard it said but somebody could go well, what a loser mom. Not at all. No. This was the community's That's responsibility, right. which we do not have in Western culture. Right. 
Right. And so, like, there's something really precious about, like, what <laughs> I think the the church and believers, like, what is so countercultural would be to take ownership of one another, would be to take responsibility for each other's discipleship, would be to take responsibility for one another's kids. That's countercultural to create a space within a, a church body where no, like kingdom come, it's here. This yeah, is yeah. what it looks like for us to take responsibility for one another. Absolutely. And instead of it being like putting, putting the responsibility, parents are primary influencers in the child's life. No doubt about it. But instead of it being so far complete responsibility on the parents or complete responsibility on the church, it was never meant to be that way. Right. It was always meant to be this intergenerational responsibility for the discipleship of a generation. And that doesn't exclude anybody. Like anybody. It, whether it's an orphan, whether it's... They're a, a part of the community. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's because this was all God's idea. So here's the funny <laughs> thing. Like, I literally, I feel like I'm... It's really special right now. I'm kind of a goosebump guy. I've got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I feel like I'm learning. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm being exposed to a far greater depth than, and I think in a sense I knew these things, but emotionally, I think that you're, you're, you're teaching me, you know, that's really, really, really special. Well, and you're actually asking the question, which I just have to say, it means so much to me that you do. Well, if I can just take a risk, I think that you should educate all of us more about mm. the beauty of the depth of our heritage in Judaism. Mm. I really do. So just recently, if I, I think it was Purim. Is that Purim. how you say it? Mm-hmm. Purim, sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Old Testament. Yeah. And like, but like a big celebration just took place yeah. that God delivered yeah. and the stakes were high. Yes. So like, again, we're, 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 off, we're off the cuff here. Mm-hmm. We're talking mm-hmm. just friend to mm-hmm. friend. What does, now how do you say it again? I w- Purim. Purim. Okay, mm-hmm. I said it wrong. Yeah, so. so how, like, what does Purim mean to you? Yeah. Or mean to, in a sense, the community or the nation? Yeah. Um, so Purim revolves around the book of Esther. Yeah. And um, highlighting the fact that um, man, Haman, wanted to see the entire nation, nation of Israel annihilated and um, coerced tricked, whatever you want to call it, manipulated Xerxes into agreeing for that edict to be sent out. And Esther was positioned in the palace. Um, We all know the story of of Mordecai encouraging her to go before the king, and she did. But the beautiful timing always blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. Okay, keep going. And so Purim revolves around celebrating the fact that God keeps his covenant with his people that when the line of the messiah and the the line of the hope of the world was was going to be yes exactly was going to be wiped out that he came to the rescue and made a way and the thing that like growing up i loved Purim because we make these amazing cookies called uh hamantashen and um i got to dress up as esther like the jewish people will it's it's a it's one of the feasts where it, it like this is a party all right like it's they tried to kill us we're still here let's eat i like it's it's a it's a party it. um and so you get to dress up and i got to dress up as esther but as i've gotten older and reflected on that the thing that strikes me so much about it is that um, in the most unlikely of ways, he used an orphan girl, yeah. positioned her 
she did not have to say yes to it. No, I, I, because I love what, yeah. I love what, what Mordecai says. Yeah. He said, hey, listen, deliverance is going to come. come. It could come through you. Yeah. Like yeah. God is not out of options, girl. That's right. I love that. But passage. she said yes. And I love that. I love that about her story. But what I love more about Purim is that when the enemy had a strategy in play to annihilate his plan, God already had all of the pieces in place to and win. It blows my mind. Yeah. And it, and it all, what's, it also kind of like freaks me out sometimes as to like the pieces were so close together. It was just like, I mean, like it was, that was just crazy. Yeah. As I read that story, yeah. it's just like, kadoom, badoom, badoom. Yeah. And, you know, I think of, you know, he who digs a pit will himself fall in yeah. it. And, you know, yeah. woe to Haman. That's right. Um, so, so now I want to shift gears out of the depth and the beauty yeah. of your understanding that we are representatives, mm -hmm. we are ambassadors, we are, uh, we are in, in a sense, uh, uh, rep, we are representing mm -hmm. God. How then do we, as those who happen to lead volunteers, because we spoke yeah. last yeah. episode about your mom who was, who was leading mm -hmm. as a volunteer, mm -hmm. but she was burned and stretched. Yeah. So help kind of pivot us mm -hmm. to, so we've got the backdrop that we are representatives mm -hmm. and we are actually sending a message, whether it's a yes. true message or a yes. false method message. Yes. Like it's almost as if you don't have a choice yeah. whether you're sending a yeah. message. So so first would be where, where I was saying your overflow will come out. So number one, like if you are going to lead and pastor and shepherd your volunteers, then you need to be leading and and um, walking in the way of the rabbi yourself. So, so attending to your health as a disciple, your, Listening, your, reading. yeah, absolutely. Your spiritual practices, not, not phoning that in. And, and I'm not saying that's ever anybody's intention either. Of it's typically, not. um, busyness, know, yes, distraction, absolutely. exhaustion. Yeah. Yep. And so then not phoning it in. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Being disciplined. There's a reason they're called disciplines. And I know that's a word that's not popular in our culture, but um, I don't know if in, in my understanding of, of discipleship. Um, Which is the root word is discipline. Discipline. Disciple. That's right. It's, it's submitting my way to his way. And wow. in order to submit my way to his way, I have to bring myself under discipline. Like I have to bring myself in submission to that. Because I don't really want to no, do things. No. I am a rebellious little sinner. Absolutely. And like what Keith Farron mentioned at CPC, you have to remember when you're, when you are dedicating time to be in God's word, you have an opponent, right? You have an opponent, you have some, you have an enemy that does not want you to be there. Mm -hmm. And so, so being clear, like this is a matter of discipline and a matter of submission. It is a matter in a sense of like life and death. Yeah. It's a big deal. It absolutely is. So, so fighting for that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you are able to, to take your relationship with Jesus and get into rhythms of healthy spiritual practices and walking in his way and learning from your rabbi, like that's half of the battle. And then it's, Amen. and then it's seeing people as disciples, like seeing people on a journey with Jesus, not as, um, roles, not Midgets. yes, not as um, what they can do or what they can offer, and that was the that was the game changer for for that leader with me of seeing me as as someone who was on a journey with Jesus, mm -hmm. and being curious about where I was in that journey. And so she was she was a representative, yeah, 
of a God who cared about you yeah. for more than you could do. Yeah, and absolutely. So, you know, it's like it's like when we when our kids are super little, they say, you know, they're 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 going to mm-hmm. view God, mm-hmm. the Father, mm-hmm. in keeping with who you are as a dad. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's traumatic and and sad and yeah. dramatic and traumatic, and then they have a, a skewed view of God. Yeah. But really, in a sense, how I'm leading my volunteers is showing them yeah. a portrait. That's right. And does he does he care about me? Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, does he care about me more than he cares about what I can do for him? Absolutely. That's right. And so my one of my favorite passages of all time. Um, this is just a gripper for me. It's out of the book of First Thessalonians two. It said we were we were we were well pleased, not only to give you the gospel of God, but to give you Amen. our very lives Amen. as well, yes. because yes. you had become very dear to us. Yes. So it it, it blah. What do you do? Yeah, that's it, the blessing. You're touching on something that I think when you when you get to know the heart of God, it changes the way you approach people with affection. And yes. I like n- not to be weird about no, it. No, it's not weird at all. But um, it is it is the heart of God, like to approach people with love, love. and affection. It's okay for people to know you love them. And in that <laughs> like, passage, for sure, in that passage, he speaks. Both to the maternal love, yeah. as a mother yeah. tenderly ca- t- yeah. tenderly puts a child upon her breast, yeah. right? As a mother tenderly cares for her offspring, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to to think about what the father part is. Mm-hmm. But he speaks both to the mother yeah. and the father aspect. But even the way that Paul greets um, the churches in his letters, like you read the beginning of of those letters, think about the Philippians. I, I think my God, every time I think about you, like, do we say that kind of stuff to each other? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, so making sure that your volunteers know you love them, really love them. Yeah. And if you don't have that love, yeah. go spend time with the yeah, father. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and cause that's where love starts and then spending time with them. And it's not always possible depending on how big your team is to, you know, take an hour with each volunteer each week but finding finding ways space yeah and i i had a guy um he was a dear i would say disciple of mine Mm -hmm. meaning that Mm -hmm. i spent an inordinate amount of time Mm -hmm. with him i i I come from at you know lead volunteers and whatnot what my in a sense teaching Mm -hmm. would be would be you don't need to seek to train and 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 the masses, right? You you like find twelve, yeah. And it sounds yeah. almost too uh, like hyperbolized, or even even like, um, you know, oh, just find your twelve disciples. No, no, no. I mean, like the model has been set. That's right, right? Peter, James, and John. I don't had, think we can do better than Jesus. I don't <laughs> think we can. And he had Peter, James, and John. Yeah. And so Carter was one of a three. Yeah, he was one of mine, and, yeah. and I spent an, an inordinate amount of time with him. But I, I that's a model you set up in your program that is dynamite. Like yeah. I don't know if people who listen to this don't have your Leave program, but if if you don't, you need it because you set that up so clearly in it. It's yeah. one of the things I love the most about it. Well, that's awesome. because you're not trying to outdo Jesus in oh, strategy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and and. Even even to the point, one special thing that I think a lot of people don't realize, we all in children's ministry, we throw this around all the time, right at the end of Matthew 9, it says, and Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, mm-hmm. therefore pray to the Lord of mm-hmm. the harvest. So we say that a lot because we're always tacked. I mean, we get right. it, right? There's right. a lot of needs in children's ministry, far more in, in ways than a lot of other areas. But we say, 
He, you know, the harvest is plentiful, workers are few, therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest. Most people don't realize Matthew 9 ends right there. Matthew 10, 1, Jesus Christ goes to a mountain, prays all night long, looks to the Father, comes mm-hmm. down from the mountain, and out of mm-hmm. 125 people who were surrounding him, he picked 12. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. did the thing that he is asking us to do. Yeah. That's not some trite, flippant thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't... W- w- Luke informs us that he went to a mountain and prayed all night long. Matthew just says that he came down from a mountain. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But he spent time with the Lord. So somebody will be like, well, how how do I know who to pick? I think it's two things. I think, number one, there is an earthly like eyesight that I can have for people. Sure. But there is a definite spirit influence. Absolutely. It's both and. Yeah. And we either believe that he'll give us that influence or not. Absolutely. You know, like, honestly, that, that eyesight. And I feel like, I mean. But if I'm not asking, I don't know that he's going to be, I mean, how can I expect him? I mean, he can give it, I guess, but wouldn't it be better if I was, yeah. yeah go ahead. We, I mean, we talk about this around the table with our team of we either believe he's interested in every decision we're making or we don't. Good word. And, and so, like, do we believe that God cares about how we lay out the resource center? I bet he does. I bet he does. Let's pray about it. As you know? A, as opposed <laughs> like, to diving into my simple human ingenuity right and because we could like we we could trick ourselves into thinking like we didn't figure that out you know use use all of this information and data and blah 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 you know and, and god quite possibly could use yep. our human ingenuity it, but it informs we, it it informs it but wouldn't it be better if i submitted under 100 and then he can use the ingenuity yeah. right i mean what did moses say hey don't be don't be thinking that all of a sudden yeah. your strength and your yeah. ingenuity made you Right. Gain any kind of money or bread? Yeah. He goes, those gifts have been given to you right. from on high. That's right. So therefore, I have ingenuity. I'm probably going to dip into that. Yeah. He's giving me those experiences, but it would be yeah. so much better if I submitted to the Lord yeah. and had him go, yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I would say the last thing in terms of in terms of shepherding volunteers and representing, and representing okay. him is is you have to be convinced of something. And uh, go okay, pack so it. this is good. So Hebrews um, eleven and twelve, and when you know the by faith passage, uh, mm-hmm. passage, great cloud of yes, witnesses. great cloud of witnesses. So Hebrews eleven talks about how it, these people um, in the Old Testament, their um, faith was commended to them for righteousness. If you unpack the the meanings of all of the words in the in that verse mm-hmm. what it actually is saying is that their lives were as good as eyewitness accounts that would hold up in a court of law keep so, going this is deep so so what this means is because of the way they lived yes and because of the way that they showed up in the world and because of the way that they interacted with people because of the way they said yes to God and were faithful and obedient and chose his way over their own way their lives were like eyewitness accounts that God is. That God is. And so like living evidence. They are, they are testimonies. Yes, yes they that, are that, testimonies. That, that, that could stand up in a court of law mm-hmm. to say, look at this man's mm-hmm. life, I rest my case. Proof. And think so, about that. So like if, think of that. Think of that. By the way, I have to say, and this is not hyperbole at all, I look at your life and in some ways I rest my case. Hmm. That you're good. You've got a great heart. You're so, your peace, you're, you know, you as a person. And people see that. Likewise. And your wife. Like, your family. Mm-hmm. I, and that's the thing. Like, we need that. Like, that's the great cloud of witnesses is I have to be reminded that, like, this is all true. 
So what's so cool, I've never heard this before, I've never thought about this, that, that, that those people's lives could stand up in a court yes. of law as evidence, I rest my case. Yes, absolutely. God exists. Now, what about a false witness? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In a court of law, mm-hmm. that, 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 that their life could be deconstructed mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. no. So I, I want to be that leader yeah. of, of God's yeah. people, yeah. not of volunteers, enough with that, the leader of God's people. Yeah. That that I would be that I would they could say wow okay God God mm-hmm. is good mm-hmm. this is a piece to that mm-hmm. evidence yes and, and I mean it's one of those things too where you where you look at like take Abraham as an example and it talks about in that passage about how he obeyed God mm. and went where God said even though he didn't know where he was going but he he believed God and like it, that comes up a lot in that passage of they believed God mm-hmm. and then they obeyed. And I think we can overcomplicate discipleship and we can overcomplicate what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And our God does not overcomplicate things. Will you help remind me (laughs) that it's a little simpler? It is. It is. And and that's the reason why I think when when God grabbed that child and put them in the middle of the disciples when they were arguing about roles and power he brought it back into perspective of the kingdom like this is the eye level of the kingdom wow i don't overcomplicate it because i'm very interested in seeing these little ones come to me listen what you said is i'm very i mean like i'm very interested Mm -hmm. wow and so we can we can overcomplicate it and they were yes it was becoming about structures and positions and power and gosh, it resembles so much that I've no lived kidding and seen no kidding and so and that's why I love children's ministry because I, like eye level of the kingdom amen you know and, and, but the, the 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 challenging thing with that I completely agree but the sheer volume mm-hmm. of responsibilities yes it's immense. can really preclude and even even eclipse mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I got to be reminded of it and you've. You have your presence. You, like literally, like, wh- like here's the deal. What you are saying on this podcast, you are li- a living example of the very things that you're saying. Mm. You're helping me to see that God is far more in love with peace. Yeah. You're helping yeah. me see that. Yes. Right? So, wow, what do you say besides amen and amen? <laughs> it's like, isn't it amazing that we have a God that created us for shalom with him? Like so good. peace and unity with creator God. I love it. That's what we were made for. And that's what Jesus made a way for. And he was the rabbi that was teaching us Absolutely. in that way. Absolutely. And as, as a leader, you have the opportunity with the people God has entrusted you with. And that's how we have to see it. It's a, it's, it's a trust. You don't own this. This isn't ours. Like you, you are can't a, grasp you are, for it. You are, you love them. Yeah. Care for them. You're entrusted. You're, you're entrusted. Steward is the exact right word. So Lord, what does it look like to steward before these people, your presence? Yeah. Wow. Round yeah. two. Super fun. <laughs> Thank you so you much the, for round two. I yes. could do this all day. I could too. Super fun. Let's do a podcast together, girl. I mean, I'm for it. I'm for it. <laughs> well, this is good. God bless you. Tell everybody just real quick. 
I want to invite everybody, but I want you to invite them to the community that you and I have really been a part of yeah. for the last decade. Yeah. Can, you, can you just invite everybody to be Absolutely. a part of our community? Yeah. Um, so the International Network of Children's Ministry is, it's been around for 40 years to connect children's wow. ministry leaders to what they need to do, what God has called them to do, and to do it for the long haul. And so... Um, and to do it in a way that's the Lord's way. That's right. That's and right. you really have, I really mean this, you have... Um, Every organization has its its lefts and its rights, and I really feel, I really feel that your presence is recentering the whole thing, and I think that mm. you are, you're, you literally, literally for such a time as this, mm. this is good. Mm. Thank, Thank you for you. recentering Thank things, you. and people see Jesus. it, people celebrate it, and I'm I'm a raving fan of the Children's Pastors Conference. It's my it's my. Uh, it's my roots, baby. Well, it's, and that's the beautiful thing is that it's with people like you, you know, it's the community coming it's together. Community, yeah. And, um, yeah. So we'd love to have anybody who's listening, come join us and just be a part of this incredible yes. family. So just for fun, tell us when the next, when the dates are, I have it written down. That's when we put in our, our calendar. Yeah. Is, uh, 21. Help yes. us with 21. January 12th through the, f right? 12th through the 14th I'm sorry I'm just coming off of 20 yeah yeah um, really but 12 yes, through the 14th yeah we got the thumbs up and it's in Orlando Florida so whoop, whoop, whoop. um those of us in the Midwest are really appreciate Absolutely. Orlando You're in Chicago. January Chicago. <laughs> yes I'm in Chicago and I'm in Des Moines Iowa uh -huh. and so my whole family makes the cruise yes we, 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 we pull the whole yes. family down there pull them out of school mm -hmm. and it's a part of our little family ministry yeah. wow we could go on for infinity God bless you thank super you super fun thanks for having me you bet God bless well, hey, thank you for listening to the Lead Volunteers podcast this week. We are so thankful for the opportunity to encourage and pour into leaders in a way that builds you and your ministries up. Say, if you haven't already, we'd love to hear what you think about the podcast. And so please, if you have a second, comment below and give us a five-star rating. This, it just helps the Lead Volunteers podcast get into the hands of other ministry leaders who are looking to take their volunteer teams to the next level. And speaking of taking your volunteer teams to the next level, as churches begin reopening and we begin this new journey of building, rebuilding, and or strengthening our volunteer teams into this new season, I encourage you to check out leadvolunteers.com. The Lead Volunteers course is a done-for-you course that allows you to plug-and-play resources into your ministry, which will make things easier for you as the ministry leader and make your volunteers' experience and personal growth better as well. It's a win-win. And now is the perfect time to check it out and head over to leadvolunteers.com. And so do that right now and get started today. We'll see you with another Lead Volunteers podcast episode next week.